Oh my god. Oh my god, he on X Games mode. Alright everybody, welcome to the Two Red Gringos I'm your host, the hop god, Phil Bakke Joined as always by Pat Staley And today we've got a very, very special guest Stan White, Stan, welcome to the Two Red Gringos Pleasure to be here, gentlemen Thank you so much for having me, uh, Phil Hashtag hop god Just <laughs> laid it out there hop Just wanted to bestow that upon you I, I, I'm I'm trying to live up. So so Stan, you're you're joining us out from the Philadelphia area, as I understand. Yes, sir. Um, right now, currently in Morristown, uh, doing a bit of shoveling back and forth between Philadelphia and, and uh, Morristown. Okay, just the way I like to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pat, Pat, you've uh, quarter you've, mile at a time. You've ditched yeah, your exactly. uh, your lo- your uh, your home, your your adopted home in in Mexico, and and you're out east as well. Yeah, same uh, same state. If you're on the the Jersey border, I'm there with you. Just a little bit, little bit closer to the coastline. No, uh, Lakewood. Yeah, that's um, there's a um, there's a uh, A League team that the Phillies have there. Oh, state. is there? I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. I don't spend too much time here, but you know, <laughs> good to be sharing some borders with you right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pleasure, pleasure to meet you guys both unofficially, officially. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you on. You've been uh, you've been you've been growing in profile, I think, on on LFC Twitter and one of the few sane voices out there. So um, <laughs> we appreciate you always keeping it real out there. And uh, and um, so I want to start. We we always start with uh, with a little segment we call "Pick Your Poison." Um, so we're gonna go ahead and get into that. Um, Stan, you got anything uh, special you're you're rocking tonight? Yeah, I've got this uh, Flying Fish Exit 3, which is actually a Jersey beer right now. A, um, <clears throat> it's called the Blueberry Ragged Honey Ale Brewed with Blueberries. Um, my uh, wonderful, amazing girlfriend stepped it up big for me tonight. It's uh, <laughs> APV is 15%. 15? So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, it comes in a four-pack. We split everything down the middle. So uh, I've had <laughs> one already, and I just popped my second. So. Oh, Got me hyped with the uh, Kanye. I am a god. So we'll see how this goes. Well, yeah, you got a. You got. I mean, I was not expecting you to uh, to go that hard on the. Uh, I thought it was high <laughs> with a nine, but 
Stay out of the water with, with the 15 the hop gets outdone. Yeah, even I wasn't trying to show anybody up, but, uh, you know, <laughs> she looked at me. I looked at her. I said, you trying to? She said, hell yes. I said, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Boom. That's awesome. Done. So uh, I, I love a Jersey beer that's named after an exit. That's fantastic. Um, with Because uh, my wife's family is from Jersey, so I can appreciate the, the exit reference. Um, so, so Pat, I know you got room service on the way. What are you, what are you going to be, what are you going to be going with tonight? I mean, I think I'm currently blaspheming with the smart water that I'm, that I'm drinking right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, it's, it's similar it's to first, the last episode. It's a first where, for two reg Ringos to, well, I to not have a beer in front of me at the start. <laughs> but yeah, I've got, I've got some room service on the way. I had a selection of the usual suspects. Right. And I went with Sam Adams. So okay. I was really hoping, like, right as we started this segment, there would be a knock on the door and they'd deliver my cheese fries and Sam Adams. So, <laughs> hey, the cheese fry, the cheese fries kind of makes kind of makes up for it. I think like like that that just helps <laughs> soften the blow of the Sam Adams. It'll, it'll soak everything. The reason why I've got a giant thing of water with me now is because I was out uh, Manhattan last night, and as as they typically do. It wasn't too crazy, but, you know, enough to be feeling it throughout the day today. Yeah. So uh, I felt a lot of pressure coming into this episode with Stan bestowing me <laughs> with the title of, of hashtag hop god. So I went out and I, I had to rock two, uh, two big hop beers. So, so the, first, the first of which is the, uh, which I just finished because we got started a little late, the uh, <laughs> Odell Brewing Company's Mercenary Double IPA. Uh, going in. And then, uh, and then I just just cracked open the classic, um, which which felt all too, all too uh, appropriate for this pod. The the Carbach Hopadillo IPA, oh. just a uh, a great great IPA, solid from Carbach Brewing in Houston. So representing Texas, and uh, and yeah. Um, so with all of that out of the way. And speaking of crazy party nights uh, from Pat, Stan, <laughs> I want to I want to kick things off before oh, we get shit. to Liverpool stuff <laughs> with what you remember. I want to kick things <laughs> off. Man. So Stan stands stands out in the Philadelphia area, and for those who who follow American football who listen to us, they know that the the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles claimed a Super Bowl title this year, and Stan was there in Philly at Ground Zero to to witness and experience it all and walked away with a little souvenir. So stand, uh, I want to just hand it over to you and whatever you want to do to describe <laughs> and, and recapture that night. Uh, the floor is yours. Um, well, um, you know, I live hypocritical by nature. So with that being said, uh, I am like really anti, uh, NFL to begin with. Um, so my cousin actually messaged me like a week before the game. Uh, he's like, Hey, you know, um, we got to watch this game together. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like the Super Bowl. I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, you, you, you see my posts, right? I, no, he's <laughs> like, no, we're born and raised here, man. We got to watch this game. I'm like, okay, you know what? Fine. Um, so I just, uh, I found my spot, uh, at the, uh, corner food, uh, food at Rittenhouse, which is a pub in, um, center city. Rittenhouse uh, Square District. Um, it's where I always go. It's where I always hang out. And we just happen to find like a couple stools to the side about an hour before kickoff. Everywhere else, you can only imagine 
lines everywhere. I was actually coming back from Morristown that day. Um, so everything was like really just like scrambled together at the last minute. Um, what I remember is getting very fuzzed and, you know, about four or five beers deep uh, throughout the game and actually cheering different plays was weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, brief story, um, probably somewhere around the fourth quarter, I actually like tried to, I, I went outside to go smoke a cigarette and tried to help this guy who was uh, getting kicked out of a bar. Um, <laughs> Cut out the details of him being a homophobic son of a bitch and him slapped him in the face. So then I had to then punch him in the mouth and um, and uh, bust his lip open. Yeah. This is what I remember, boys. This is what I remember. This is this is the good Stan Meriden. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I go from trying to help the man to punching him in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, go figure. So I think the universe wanted to curse me that night. Um, so, okay. The game ends. We all immediately go to broad street as is your, um, responsibility as a Philadelphian. Anytime something big happens, you go to broad street, go to broad street. It's like a human crush. And we, as Liverpool fans, we don't like to describe things in such a manner. Yeah. Hashtag TFT 96. Um, so, but it was ridiculous. So I actually had to like climb up on a ledge with my cousin to like take screenshots and just like photograph the crowd. Okay, so then uh, what happens is we meet up at the original bar, which I was supposed to go uh, watch the game, and with my friends I was supposed to meet up with, they're all a little bit younger than me, so they're all about, like, really tanked at this point, and as am I. So they're like, you know what, let's go to South Philly, and I'm like, yeah, sure, why not, let's go to South Philly, you know, whatever. Show up to this random woman's house, I don't really <laughs> know, I, don't, I, don't, I never met her in my life, don't really know who she is, she's a bartender or something works for Brooklyn brewing or something, but there's like, there's like shots. There's like, but when I say she had a full bar, she had a full bar. I decided to do Jameson out of a freaking Tupperware cup or whatever. <laughs> so back to back real quick with this random kid that I never met before. A lot of, it's, it's one of those nights where like you meet random people and you're like, I'm never going to see you again. Am I? Sure. So, um, do back to back Jameson shots. And then I think the last shot was probably Paul Mardu. At that point, that's when I don't remember shit. <laughs> I have faint memories of fading in and out at some random bar in South Philly at around maybe 1 a.m. On the way back to my buddy's place in Point Breeze, that's when I decided to tackle a parked car. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why you shouldn't yeah. be watching American football. Yeah, I mean, what's the worst going to happen if I'm watching an EPL match? I'm going to try to two-foot somebody? I'll come out okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> Asphalt and all. But no, I, I, I guess I, 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 I don't know. Some deep anti-Boston uh, resentment came through, and I thought <laughs> I saw Tom Brady in an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I tried to fucking tackle a parked car, and then was proceeded to be dragged back to my buddy's house and point freeze woke up the next morning at like eight, seven. I don't really know. I couldn't really lift my arm, but I was like, I'm going to drink a beer because I'm still drunk <laughs> by about 3 PM. I can't lift my right arm at all. And a buddy of mine's like, you need to go to the ER. And now the two weeks later, I've been in a sling ever since. <laughs> so, um, as my introduction to two red gringos, your boy Stan likes to get a little wild at times. And that night in particular was very wild. And, as someone who's going to be 31 in a few months, I, uh, you know, hopefully never again. <laughs> hopefully. 
I got I gotta say on like a couple of levels, it it's weirdly like patriotic. I almost want to like go salute a flag right now. Um, <laughs> no, I <laughs> I I think there's something to be said about the uh, just that deep and 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 maybe Pat, you can back me up on this in terms of Chicago, but that deep connection with the with the city where as soon as something positive happens you just have this this surge of of pride where you forget all the issues you forget the fact that you know the city's a mess and you just focus on how proud you are to be you know connected with that city um cuz i know a lot of cubs fans obviously experienced that um a couple of summer, uh falls ago um when when the cubs finally won a world series yeah especially I mean, just the the hardworking, I think cities, the blue collar nature of like you know Phillies and in Chicago. It when we it was the Blackhawks, one of their I think it was their first yeah Stanley Flyers, Stanley Cup actually. in recent years where a car was also involved. I mean, I didn't tackle it, but my girlfriend <laughs> got up on top of it and started jumping up and down. This is in <laughs> uh, this is in Wrigleyville, and a guy guy runs out of the bar and he screams, "That's my car." And then he's like, oh, I'm just messing with you guys. Like it was it was one of the greatest like live jokes I'd ever heard in my life. So that guy that guy was a legend. But but yeah, it's okay, you know, as long as uh we're beating up cars and tackling cars and not each other, then uh, it's always good for the uh the people to get a little little riot out of their system. I I love too that your response to uh let's go to South Philly is like, yeah, let, let's go. <laughs> and you end up at somebody's house. It's not like a place. It's not a bar. It's not, it's not some like, Hey, I've got this spot in mind. It's just, you end up at a house party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just, and there's just like beer everywhere. Just like, beer, like, yeah. <laughs> like apparently her boyfriend, uh, is a rep for Brooklyn lager. And like, they just had like oh, just God. bottles and bottles of alcohol. And it's just like, it's 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 a heaven slash hell scenario because it's like <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen in my in my life, and then you wake up going, "This is that was probably one of the worst nights I've ever had." But you know, I, I, uh, my roommate is praising me constantly, saying that I'm a legend, and I'm just like, you know what? I I go okay, you know. Conversely, my my better half has been pissed off at me about it, uh, yeah. even still, uh, as she should be, because I promised her I would stop at three beers and. I don't make promises, <laughs> especially promises where I say I'm going to stop drinking. So oh, that was my mistake right there. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's tough to come back from. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. it's going to it's going to she's going to get some mileage out of that. Oh, uh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so that that's that's a two red gringos exclusive Stan White's night in Philly, just tearing the place to the ground and literally <laughs> tackling cars. To his own <laughs> physical detriment. Um, so so now now comes the time in the pot where you have to get down to business. We got to talk some Liverpool because that's the people expect. The people expect you know Liverpool talk uh, on a Liverpool pod, obviously. So um, so I want to start out with a little thing. We haven't revived this in a while. Um, although one maybe one maybe do his way as well because we've got a uh, a couple of good Jordan Henderson performances. Um, oh, but I would love, I would love, we, we, we could probably squeeze it in, but, uh, I want to start out this edition of fuck the haters mm. with a, a man who has just caught 
a ridiculous amount of abuse this season. Um, one of our, our fabulous front three, and that is Sadio Mane. He goes to Porto, goals on his mind, and ends up with a hat trick. Tell me, both, both Pat and Sam, please, uh, tell me your reaction when that third goal flew in. Third one was that one just of Mane's like rocket. typical pile drivers, right? Yeah, just like a, a twenty yard, just laser. Fuck no, I was going. No, I had the, I had the Mane kit on, so I was going nuts at uh, shout out to Doghouse Pub in Mexico City. But that was two. I mean, one goal a brace, good enough. But the hat trick was. You feel like he's earned it after the, <laughs> the, the whatever you want to call the slump, the being out of form for a little while or whatever. But that was kind of an announcement, like you know, to hell with you guys. <laughs> I'm back, even though it's never really away. Yeah, Stan. Stan, when that when that third goal flew in off his right foot, I mean, was there a, was there a bit of catharsis about about that goal? Not exactly, and not on his end either. You know, it was almost like uh, the the brace was what I was expecting. The third was just a, an added bonus. You know, um, I was talking to you know a bunch of fans pre match and just kind of going like, "This is going to be the money match. It has to be." You know, we can't just expect Salah to bail us out with you know ninety two plus what ninety two plus uh, three game winners. You know, and in uh, braces. Uh, every other weekend, you know, and Mane was actually the hero of last year before the knee injury. Right. Um, so I, we were all just kind of biding our time and waiting for him to rediscover his form. You could see it coming, you know, it just had that on field chemistry between the three is so key. And so when that third goal went in, it was almost like an affirmation of all the hard work that he's put in to get back from the suspension the hamstring injuries, the lack of form, you know, and he's really getting a lot of criticism from all over LFC uh, Twitter. And it's just like, but for what? Like, where's the loyalty? So yeah, fuck the haters. Yeah. And we all knew he was coming back. We all knew he was coming back. Yeah. And that's, so, so here's, here's where I'm at. I, I saw during the match, I wasn't, sadly, I wasn't able to watch it live. Um, the army is uh, kind of picking up steam here a little bit. Um, but I wasn't able to watch it live. I, I watched the highlights back, the uh, the full like extended highlights. But but when the goal went in, I'm I'm scrolling Twitter to to keep up because I it's one of those matches I can't I couldn't you know avoid the avoid the score to watch it on delay. I I, I need to know what's going on in the Champions League. And so uh, during the match, I saw tweets saying Mane's been poor even the, you know despite the goal Mane's been poor um, so they were willing to, to to go after him during the match uh, about his form even though he, he ended up having a magnificent game walks away with the European hat trick which you know you can uh, those are incredibly rare um, so I wanted to play the part of, of what I'm calling the narrative police um <laughs> <laughs> was Sadio Mane ever really out of form? Um, or is he just being overshadowed by just how good Salah's been on the other wing? Um, and was Mane kind of a scapegoat? Um, and I think it all it all kind of stems from that Everton 
that Everton game, was Mane just thrown to the wolves versus uh, versus addressing the fact that he actually hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been at the heights that, that Salah's been. Yeah. I think part of it, what you said about Salah overshadowing is, is a big part of it too. But also, I think Firmino, to a certain extent, where Firmino's kind of uptick in goals has come at a, at a at a part where Mane was was out of form, and you know it's for Mane he was out of form, right? He wasn't he was clearly wasn't necessarily up to the level that we saw last year and early in the season. But throughout that, he's still getting ridiculous goals. He's still getting back heels. Um, so that I think like what you said is kind of part of it. Like there's the overshadow part, and then just kind of that slight dip in in form, but. I mean, throughout throughout this bad spell, he's got what like five goals and a couple assists as well. So, I mean, yeah. a out of form Mane is still better than ninety percent too. And you know, with 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 wingers typically, especially like with Salah, his goal scoring rate, you don't always necessarily need them for for goals and assists because just the the wit that they offer. Um, really kind of helps overall play. And that's why we needed to bring in Salah. And that's why when Mane went down last year, we really struggled without him. Um, and what we've seen from this year too, is that, you know, in matches that we're struggling, we're, we're typically lacking with too. So no, out of form Mane, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'll take him over uh, just about every other player in the league. I think Pat, just to kind of uh, piggyback off of what you just said, I think the beauty of having, uh, and out of form Mane, who's still on the uh, on the pitch, is just his pace, just yeah. literally his pace and his threat of of goal scoring uh, ability. You know, <clears throat> it's 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 the threat that gives the space for Bobby and Salah yeah. to actually convert their chances. And I know there's a lot of panic and worry at the start of the campaign about missing big chances and not converting and having all these shots on tar- or not even getting shots on target, but having shots in general, but not even hitting the goal. Mm-hmm. And we just had to be patient, you know? And I killed a lot of hours arguing with felons, <laughs> you know what I mean? About this, <laughs> about the lack of conversion, you know? And it was just gotta give it time, gotta give it time. So yeah. I think we're, I think we're seeing the, 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 the almost peak, the crest of the peak. So I'm, I'm actually oddly enough reminded of, of the, um, beginning of the season when when Salah showed up, everyone was kind of unsure of what he was going to offer the team. Um, you know, we were it's a new signing, and and Liverpool fans are, you know, for a good reason over the last about ten years skeptical of, of new signings because they <laughs> they often take more time than you'd assume uh, they need to to gel, and they. Uh, and even then, we've we've been burned by plenty of you know downings and Barinis and ass passes to to mm. really you know be skeptical of the of those new signings. Um, and so when Salah, uh, the Arsenal game being a being a particular example, but you know plenty of games throughout the beginning of the season, people questioned Salah's finishing, um, and you know can he convert the chances. When in reality, you know, obviously he's now on 30 goals um, in all competitions, just an absolutely insane goal scoring rate. Um, And so it got to a point where, you know, Mane doesn't finish a few 
chances and or doesn't pass against Everton and all of a sudden he doesn't make good decisions in front of goal and he's you know out of form and all this stuff and it's like it's like man just wait you know look look at what he's done for us and look at look at what our our front three does as a unit and you see the value that's added um so that was that was my takeaway was it's just so reactionary as is you know lsu twitter from from top to bottom um, as they do yeah, they, yeah. i mean it, it, it's, it's predictable it's but, it, but it's frustrating because it, it it's it's like okay you saw what happened with solid those guys who were like oh he can't finish he can't finish now he's got 30 goals what are you going to say now uh, it's the same people that say Firmino has a a poor touch. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you, <laughs> oh. you watch his feet? I don't even watch Bobby. I just watch from the feet. I just watch his feet. It, yeah. It's oh my. How are you watch? Hashtag do you even watch? That's that's <laughs> the way I feel sometimes reading somebody's tweets. I I've seen the same tweets, Pat. It's yeah. Ugh. Oh, I mean, I could start. Mind. I could start a whole Twitter account just just as a Bobby fan account, like a whole podcast just about. Roberto Firmino that's that's like my my take but no I mean I think it's really about what this front three does as a unit and I guess I my last little note here is the way forward and I think Mane's detractors are going to be a problem all season um, just because of the the way that Salah and Firmino are getting on so is the important thing now to make the narrative that the front three as a unit is what makes each of them so good um, so that we can kind of avoid this negativity? I think so. I think it's crucial. Um, There's actually, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's actually been this uh, uh, theory that uh, Mane and Salah have some sort of African nations beef. Um, (laughs) Which is really, really ridiculous considering that they're, uh, what, two of the only, I don't know how many Muslims are actually on the club, but I know that they two yeah. both celebrate uh, together with the um, with the praise, with their respective yeah. praise, um, which is a beautiful thing to see. And so I don't know how you could even bother to dare bring up that there's a rivalry. And actually even, I think Salah had to come out with a quote a couple of weekends ago saying that there's no rivalry. Sadio is my brother, you know, so. To what they were at... It was for what African Player of the Year, yeah, and yeah. and uh, reporter actually asked them about it, and then I I like wanted to pull my hair out, but it's already <laughs> fallen out, so I let it, I you know had to keep what I have, but it, <laughs> I I couldn't believe it just because like I had seen maybe two or three people on Twitter kind of mention this Mane Sala beef, like oh Mane didn't pass to Sala for whatever reason, you know they've got beef between them, and I was like that, that's the dumbest shit I've ever read in my entire life, and then when that reporter kind of validated that bullshit i was i was enraged for a little bit but I, last thing i'll say about money i actually thought um not porto what was the game before porto uh the league match tottenham oh um southampton southampton right southampton That's yeah right. southampton it was a southampton I was worried. I thought uh, I, then I was kind of like, okay, Mane. Uh, I noticed him struggle a couple times with chances, and I went on Twitter to <laughs> to see it, to see if that was confirmed. Like people were were going at Mane, and I was actually surprised by the level of like rationality that LFC Twitter displayed post Southampton. I thought they would go like just try to gut Mane, but for the most part, it seemed pretty normal. And so I wanted to tip my hat. We're normally very critical of of all things LSC Twitter. Um, but most of the, the, the kind of takes I saw after that match was, you know, 
not much, not too much negativity about Mane because listen, throughout this process, what we lost to Swansea, but aside yeah. from that, like why, if it's like a detriment to it to the team, maybe him being out of form or missing chances, but we've been on a roll lately. Like Sam just said, you know, we're kind of like at the arc of, um, the, or, or the height of, of what we've been doing like recently in terms of our, uh, performances. So no, it blows my mind, but I was impressed that they didn't get the knives and pitchforks after, uh, after Southampton. Yeah. So, so Sadio, um, I mean, the only, the only thing he could have done better is, he runs away from one of the goals, just scrolling, like <laughs> looking like he's scrolling a timeline. <laughs> just as a just great. as a final a final middle finger to the to the LFC Twitter detractors, but uh, but Sadio, so he so he puts things behind him a little bit with a with a three goal performance in Portugal, which fired Liverpool to a commanding. Five nil win, which just absolute dreamland. Um, I don't know about you guys. I again couldn't watch it live, but I I got out of a long meeting, uh, and it was it had was two nothing when I went into the meeting. So obviously I missed the second half. Came out with a with a notification of the fifth, and just I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was half expecting it to be two two. um, The way we've been going in in on the Iberian Peninsula, this, this can't, this Champions League campaign, but, uh, come away from Porto with a five zero victory. Um, and five away and goals already Christ. booking, already booking their, their place in that, in that, uh, quarterfinal. Um, absolutely fantastic performance all the way around. But one thing that I wanted to address particularly, and this, this has been something that I've been thinking about too, and it's not necessarily a fuck the haters cause it, it wasn't so, emphatic as Sadio's performance but um I wanted to talk about Jorginho Vinaldum um and and partially because one we we've talked about him before uh this season on the pod but but also because Stan particularly you've got for a while you were Staninho White Naldum <laughs> on uh on Twitter and uh and so I wanted to address address Genie because He's obviously come under a lot of criticism this year because he hasn't kind of found that goal scoring form that he had last year and he hasn't been that dynamic player. But has Genie still been an important part of what of how Klopp sets up? I I, I think when when you address the Genie Winaldo situation, and I you know what for, for my sake, Phil, I am gonna consider it to be a fuck the hater situation <laughs> because um and I've got I've got a lot of mates, you know, who, you know, talk shit on them all the time. And I just what I have to do is remove myself from the conversation because I don't want to lose friends. So because um, <laughs> I will defend I have this thing with black Dutch footballers. So I, I just going back to Edgar Davids, like that's that's one of my childhood heroes. So um, and then you even go back to like the old AC Milan clubs with um, with uh, Ruth Gilt and um, what's that other boy's name? Adolf? Clarence Sadorf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sadorf even Sadorf even. There's a long list of them. Actually, a lot of them went to Milan. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So Genie Wijnaldum is just the the the, uh, the next line of Dutch footballers who ha- who bring that attacking uh, style of play. And from my perspective, especially recently, I think he's refound a refound his form uh, from a positional standpoint. Um, I think a lot of people kind of gave up on him after the Newcastle match. 
And he didn't have one of his better performances. Everyone was expecting a way goal. He was out of position a few times. He actually got dominated by John Joe Shelby in that match. Uh, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Um, but again, recently, uh, even going back to the Porto match, uh, you just saw him fill in that gap, which right behind uh, Mane on the left, mm-hmm. right, literally right behind Mane. And it's just, he is that fulcrum that leads from the back four to the front, to the front three. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Hendo was playing a deep line six. Milner was the Emre Chan almost of the, Hey, just go out there and harass anyone with the ball. Yeah. And with and for Genie, it was just, Hey, stay on that, that little narrow strip of plane here between, you know, the final third of their half and the final third of our half and stay on that left side and just be the fulcrum, just be the guy that if you can come in and fill the gap and fill in that hole. Great. If not, get your ass back and play some goddamn defense. Cause if not, you're going to get subbed. And honestly, you know, he hasn't had that full focus this year. He's a new father. So, um, at the beginning of the campaign, he actually had a, a, uh, his, his better half gave birth to their first kid. So I think that's been a huge adjustment for anyone. Like say you're working at nine to five, it's going to take you a yeah. minute. It's going <laughs> to take you a few months to get used to it. Um, so if you're a professional footballer and you're trying to maintain a home life. And then you're traveling all across the continent of Europe and you're expecting to be in the regular starting 11 and a competent performer. I'm sorry, boys, but he's not Superman. You know what I mean? He's not <laughs> Edgar David. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's Genie Ronaldo. Yeah, he's a decent, competent player. And uh, I think the biggest knock that he gets is, oh, well, he's not world class, so he shouldn't be in a Liverpool kit. And it's like, yo, fuck off. Well, what yeah. is wrong with you? You know, appreciate the, the intricate qualities of what each player brings who wears the kit. So uh, I, I was just really, really happy with his positional performance. Um, sure, he's not scoring goals this year, but do you need anyone from the midfield scoring goals? In, uh, you, you don't. You don't. So that's my, that's my genie spiel. Uh, I'll get off the high horse. No, it's fantastic. I mean, Pat, I know, I know you you felt pretty strongly about genie this year. Just I, almost more out of frustration uh, for him rather than against him um, in terms of, you know, wanting him to do well. I, I think that was literally the quote from our last, uh, the last time we talked in depth about Genie was, was that we want him to do well. I want to see him wheel away and flash that flash that those pearly whites <laughs> after scoring a goal. Like I, I want to see it. And I, I, is that kind of where the frustration comes from and the criticism comes from is people want him to do well, but, he just he is adding something different to the team now. I think it's a, a, a couple parts. I think most do. I think the fans, most fans, really like him just because. I think anytime if you're a player and you offer some kind of glimpse into whatever your personality is on like Instagram, social media, whatever, um, you know, Genie's kind of off season with his uh, various summer outfits, you know, rocking from camos to, to floral prints. He's no, he's no Bobby Firmino, but you know, he has, he's a, he's a formidable, formidable partner, um, with Mane and the wing and Firmino and with fashion. But there is, I mean, personally, I I'm always rooting for him too, but at the same time that, and what the way Stan described his style of play really kind of shows when, what the impact he can have in certain games, but then also why he can go missing so easily, right? Because if the game's not necessarily coming to him or, or going through him, then 
just his performance. He's not he's not going to rack up a ton of goals and assists. I think <laughs> I think he was last season. He you know he kind of picked up those stats overall, and it looked like he had a, a pretty good year. But that's not that's not his role. Is that he very rarely is he is he diving forward. Um, I think part of it is due to you know he's an attacking player <laughs> before he came, and now primarily he's more of a not necessarily a defensive midfielder but he's he's certainly operating in more of a not necessarily a deep lying role but kind of set back a little bit into the left linking up with the front three um but part of it too there does seem some some hesitation or the frustration with him seems to be that you know when he is in that final third we expected him coming in as you know somebody that's played on the wing in a 10 that he would be quick to kind of pick up goals and assists um like i said not necessarily that we need it but there is i don't know it always seems like uh, and this could be an unfair criticism just that hesitation that he has in the final third um and that's and that's a reason why if he's not picking up goals if he's not getting assists and the game's not going through him then i mean (laughs) he's going to get the hook he's going to get sub because i mean there's that's what i question like what what is his impact in certain games um and for for all that we love about him, I think watching him play, and then watching clips of uh, Nabi Kaita, it just looks to me like he's that they're playing the same position, but they're on a different planet in terms of potential impact too. Um, I think Genie could go on still be a valuable squad player, but for me, that's where I kind of see him being the the most glaring kind of. Um, at least in terms of our midfield moving forward, the the place where we could have maybe the greatest impact. But of course, you say that now, and Bobby's one, or not Bob, but uh, Genie's one of those players where if you take him out, then that's when you know things aren't going well. Like like a good DM almost, but not in a DM role that you don't really necessarily appreciate their presence um, until it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's and that's a fair point. I, w- I was going to say that you know Genie plays in a position where where Nobby as he comes in um it is going to look to to occupy that kind of box to box role um anyone who was able to watch that that Europa League performance against Napoli and then um again today he was actually hurt today uh came off with a hamstring injury it's still looking at the severity of that he came off today against Eintracht Frankfurt after he tried to start a couple fights with uh, Kevin Prince Boateng which was fairly inter- entertaining <laughs> Um, but, uh, but is Jeannie kind of looking over the shoulder and, and seeing Nobby joining and, and maybe perhaps thinking, Hey, this guy's kind of gunning for my job. I think, um, he, he doesn't have to look any further than the bench. Um, Ox, um, someone who can kind of not duplicate what he, what he does, but damn near fill in the same type of veracity in terms of aggressive pressing style of play linking with the, uh, with the midfield on, on the final, in the final third. I actually thought that the, the, our best three uh, midfield trio right now is actually Chan when he's got his head on straight uh, <laughs> Chan, Winaldo and Ox. Uh, I think that you get the ultimate, the ultimate aggressive ginger pressing three, um, so, uh, if, if Jeannie's going to be able to start, um, 
he needs he knows that he needs to be effective because if not, Ox is probably going to come in right behind him. Uh, Marco as well, Marco Grujic, uh, yeah. he, he could have been that similar type of villain. But uh, you know, um, I'm pleased that he's able to get regular playing time down in Cardiff, and he's been doing a hell of a job down there. So um, yeah, uh, Genie's Genie's clock is ticking, um, and I can defend him to the end of the earth. But I mean, Pat's right. I mean, you know, Kaita is going to be basically Genie on so many steroids that's not even funny. <laughs> yeah on, on a lot of red bulls maybe um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> levels, no, we, levels we we talk about so we've got we've got kate to coming back but you mentioned marco gurich and and i wanted to to dedicate just a little bit of time to him because he he is he's taken the alex hunter route he's gone down to the championship um just to get some some playing time um <laughs> before he before he comes back um so he's he's on loan there under the creepiest manager maybe in english football neil warnock um who looks literally like a goblin um but but he has been he has been doing well in his in his first few performances there um so i i agree i think our midfield starts at oddly enough despite the fact that that most of us have have looked across Europe and said, you know, a true number six is probably what we're what we're lacking. A you know, a true defensive midfielder. But I look at our roster next season, and all of a sudden we've got a crowded, a crowded midfield. Uh, yeah. Maybe with with Emery Chan on the way out. Um, depending on who you believe um, <laughs> in your uh, you know European sources, but uh, about but, Stevie's uh, letting letting slip letting slip on sky i think i think that was just bullshit do you think do you think they're with marco nobby ox genie uh milner henderson do you think with with all of those people involved do you think we still go out and look and look for some more quality in midfield or or do we kind of try to make make a three out of out of the six we've got i don't know do you think the only out and out player we don't have is that is a six, like a defensive, a defensive midfield, like a Mascherano. Like that's what yeah, I'm thinking is like, a we've got Chan, we've got Henderson who we put in that role, but we still, they're not, we, we've said it till we get blue in the face on right. multiple episodes, but those, those aren't DMS. They don't offer the same type of protection. Um, especially like Sanja said, like for, for Chan, it's, you know, his performances have been really 50, 50 this year. So, and he, he's I mean, that's, best, that's he's the thing. Ways. I don't, I don't know if Klopp wants one. So is in, is indeedy that guy? Oh, is Wilfred indeedy that, that defensive midfielder we bring in from Leicester? <sighs> he's crushing like the, like in terms of statistics, like he's blowing everybody else out of the water in terms of like, I think tackles, maybe interceptions too, he's but he's out, like, Conte he's been unreal. Who's the, um, the, the, the guy who's playing next to Ndidi, uh, the uh, Spanish playmaker. Ibor. Um, Ibor. Yeah, Marco. Uh, what is, what is his name? Uh, uh, whatever, Ibor. Uh, yeah. Vicente Ibor. Uh, yeah, Vicente. He's, he's been, I mean, I think I, they play a flat 4-4-2. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't expect much from them. But I've really been impressed by just their pairing, especially when um, when the Frenchman took over. Um, oh God, my names are slipping me right now. Thanks, Flying Fish. Wait, is it Puyol um, over there? Yeah, um, the Frenchman who took over uh, as gaffer for Leicester. Claude, Claude uh, 
right? Oh, Lester's current manager. Yeah, yeah, Puel, Lester's right? current manager. Is it um, Puel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former Southampton. Um, so I, he had the genius to just like link together Abora and Ndidi, and just Ndidi's just been unleashed. It's just okay, Abora, you set up Barty and Okazaki. And indeed, you hang back and just crush everyone's soul. And it's just been very <laughs> effective. So um, I think he would definitely thrive in, in something somewhere over at Anfield. But, um, you know, I, I'm really curious as to whom Kloppo's targets are for the summer. As my, aside from obviously getting, bringing in Kaita, um, who's, uh, who, who's next? <laughs> well, uh, some would have had you believe that it was... Allison from Roma, but James Pierce quickly <laughs> shit all over that. So, um, no. So shout out to the James Pierce quote. <laughs> yeah, that that one seems to be growing a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's ridiculous. I saw some on Twitter those, like complaining, like it's so unfair the type of shit that James Pierce gets on Twitter. I'm like, first off, it's Twitter. Second off he has like this faux cult following on Twitter as well. So just like I say about Danny Ings, James Pierce is going to be just fine. Right. He's got, and he's got chicks nibbling on his ear at, at Carragher's birthday party or whatever too. So James Pierce is doing all right for himself. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, so speaking of positions, which we, we felt, uh, we needed to improve in, uh, with central defense, we went out, we got our man, Virgil van Dyke, for all the money, but <laughs> we've had this problem, and and this has been Liverpool can't Liverpool fandom can't seem to agree on on what way to go from here, and that is who's going to partner with Big Verge. We've got Dan Lovren mm-hmm. and Joel Matip, both of whom have seemed to to partner well with Virgil in 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 pieces, and and Dan maybe has benefited most from from uh, Virgil joining, but there's been debate, especially amongst the, the old El Paso crew, Brian being the, the particular <laughs> culprit of this, but Lash. between Dejan Lovren and Joel Matip, who do you want to see as a partner for Virgil van Dyke going forward? I want to hear Stan's take on this one. I I'm really interested. Um, wow. Um, actually, well, I've got the Estonian gangster. As my uh, as my pair of big birds, <laughs> give me racker clobbing all day. Raggy, uh, shout out to my man uh, at Wu Tang Clobbing. That's my oh, boy. Right. That is a that's a, that's a good follow. That's a good follow. Yeah, I'm not a sure. big I'm not a big fan of of <laughs> player names and Twitter handles. Gotcha. And the, and the at one like the what are the like where you see like Bobby Dazzler or Firmino. Oh, like, like su- Supreme you know, Salah and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wu Tang Clavin is or Clavin is, is is a solid one. Definitely. Um, I just think Clavin has been he's been our most reliable center back before even Verge even stepped on the scene. I think he's just been the most reliable and the most stable, rarely out of position center back that we've had um, throughout the year. Um, like I know he got shelved after the City match, but that wasn't necessarily his fault that was you know uh, high boot wrong time john moss you know uh <laughs> all that you know being said i i just think clavin has been i don't have any numbers in front of me boys i do apologize but i just believe that from what i've seen 
from just a positional standpoint, uh, Clavins has been the best out of the three. Now, with that being said, Lovren has recovered from his disastrous 32 minutes at Wembley. Um, <laughs> that was, was, was bad, really bad, you know? Um, but he's been, he's been incredible since then. Uh, and he, um, Matip hasn't exactly had the best campaign. He's been off and on 50, 50, but I mean, it's really tough to pair it. He's felt the need to kind of overcompensate for Lovren's struggles. Uh, I, I think we all know that Lovren was, uh, suffering from a really, really bad back injury that he literally just played through because there was nobody else. He knew that, you know, Joe was playing on the right. Klein was injured. Trent wasn't ready. Um, we were, we, you know, we were really up Shit's Creek for a good couple months. There was no one else to play and Lovren took the brunt. Now that we have Burge planted there, um, I think it makes the most sense to have the old uh, St. Mary's pairing. But just for me, I want the Estonian gangster. Give me Klopp all day. <laughs> I, I think that, Stan, that I love you. That's crazy. <laughs> Matip is far and away a, a better defender than Klavan. And uh, but okay, so I've noticed too. I don't think uh, Matip. I think maybe has has not performed um, as high as he could. But for for Lovren too, my problem with Lovren is that even when we're you know ready to proclaim he's back, he's he's pairing with uh, Van Dyke now, and all the problems are going to be solved. Even he was really good against Spurs, but what happened? The 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 penalties. Whether whether he was offside, whether it was you know a dive, it's still it's still Lovren being Lovren, right? Where yeah. Where Almost in the same fashion, oh, like with how I'm sorry to cut you off, but like how Sun like cuts in on the on the first goal uh, yeah. at 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 Wembley. Almost the same way, he he just somehow allows runners to slide in behind him, and he doesn't realize it until yeah. the last. Harry Kane was offside. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and sorry, I continue. didn't. I was so I I kind of gave Lover in the past because of just how diabolical the uh, Spurs were in that match with their diving. It was probably the most frustrated I've been after the performance, but uh, no, Lovren, Lovren looks good, but we know he's, he's talented. We know he's good in the air. He's good in tackle, but w- <laughs> what's been killing us lately. And for the past, what, two, three seasons, um, maybe even more with, with Skirtle, but just defensive errors. I mean, we we're we're been really good defensively and organizationally, but we're still just giving up like high chances because of because of the errors that we've had. And I think we've been a lot better this season. But that to me is Lovren is always kind of a reminder of that. Um, very much like my my hatred and dislike of Skirtle is because it's always a reminder that it it doesn't matter if they're in uh, in top form. They're always just one mistake away. Just and they're catastrophic mistakes too. That all almost always lead to goals. And impact the outcomes too. So, is if it's not Matip, then for me, then we got to look elsewhere. But I think Matip and 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 Big Verge would would be the two that I go with moving forward because I think if it's a toss up, because it really is, you can't can't point to say, oh, Lovren's been that much better than than Matip in certain games because he's he hasn't been. Even when Lovren's at peak form, it's kind of what we've come to expect from Matip. So, but with Matip, you don't have the the, the brutal errors that are always, you know, a moment away at any time. So that's, that, that's my take on the center back pairing. I'd be happy with Matip and Verge, but um, 
if we need more than uh, in terms of transfer market, I don't think that's a, a high priority for us right you, now. You event you eventually got to the comparison that I I thought you were maybe working towards, but <laughs> Lovren reminds me of Skirtle in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, just in, in in the way that he he approaches things, and it's one of those things where you know makes a la- a last ditch challenge like sliding challenge and and it's like oh like look at him he's so he's so vital he's so you know he, he's so great but why was he in that position to begin with that's that's kind of the because girdle made all of those i don't know you know he was known for that he's running back towards his goal makes you know slides in makes makes a challenge and, and gets the ball away and, like and that's Marino what Lovren reminds me of is you know matib matib and 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 virgil don't have to make those type of challenges as often um they don't they don't really find themselves in those types of situations and and that's i think what's more important between between all of our our center backs i think those are our two most composed um and then yeah. i look at uh as well the uh the second goal at southampton where matip slides the ball into sala I just I love the idea of our center backs getting involved in the attack and Virgil even made a nice run down the wing uh with the ball during that game as well. well so a little move that movie did like yeah. the little you know fling your the head fake not really going anywhere flinging your leg over and Yeah. No, you got to you got to love some of the some of the just taking the piss that that our center backs had at that at that point and um and then you know obviously Matip's pass into Salah was followed up by the the most, you know, just a, a not safe for work uh, back heel by <laughs> Roberto Firmino. But, that, you know, that's a discussion Still. for a whole separate episode just about that back heel, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so I, I really do think, though, our, our pairing needs to settle, whatever it is. Yeah. Do you do you guys think we need to kind of see the same pairing week in and week out from from here on out? now that we're, uh, you know, out of the cups minus, minus the champions league. I, um, yeah, I think so. I'm whomever it is, if it's a, if it's Pat's boy or if it's Lovren, um, <laughs> or Clavin. whomever or, or Clavin, uh, I think it's been Lovren the most starting with Virgil though. Right. Uh, thus far, it's a, uh, I think it's been, a, I think it's about 50, 50, like it might be, it might be Lovren more like maybe three to two or something like that. Right. Because or I know, three, um, three. Uh, Clavin has been uh, on the shelf uh, with an ailment. So um, the the biggest key is Karius needs to know week in and week out or match to match um, who that other center back is going to be next to Virgil. It's just uh, that's the only way you're really going to get cohesion. Uh, Ederson knows he's going to have stones and not a Mendy. It might not be the greatest pairing in the world. And fuck you, City. (laughs) Went crashing out of the FA Cup today, by the way. So all good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, just uh, consistency and cohesion are both key. That's just what we need. Uh, if we can find that before um, before the quarterfinals, that'd be great. Yeah, and and I think I think we've seen some of the effects of of Virgil Van Dyke coming into the side, um, both with his partners, but also. Uh, Loris Carius. So I, I didn't include him on the outline, but but Carius and goal these these last couple of games, um, 
big uh, big difference maker for for Liverpool is, or is it just what we should expect from a keeper? Uh, I think uh, he's been above and beyond, um, and maybe that's because we're used to watching Mignolet. Uh, R.I.P. Mig, it's been nice knowing you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he had that penalty save at Leicester, and then you know, I think I've been cursing his name week in and week out ever since. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he looks like a true number one. Uh, I really thought he was going to guess right on that second penalty uh, uh, against Harry Kane, mm-hmm. and I even I even yelled at my TV screen, "Talk your shit, Loris, talk <laughs> your shit." And he did. He, you know, he did. He really did. Um, whatever, you know, he went, he went wrong, he went the wrong way. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, but he's been amazing. Uh, you could see that confidence just building in him. Uh, he's come a long way from that night, uh, at Spartak where, you know, he barely saw the free kick go past him right. and the wall for that one, all draw. I, I was very disappointed in him, but yeah. he, what he's had less than 25 total appearances. He just needs yeah, a very run. limited. Yeah, he just needs his reps. That's yeah. all. I agree. Yeah, I think I think consistency's been key for him and and I think Southampton was the perfect example and and display of of what we need from our keeper. We are going to go places, we're going to create chances, we may get a goal or two, but we're going to play some tough teams that are going to challenge us and in those couple of moments and and actually in the Southampton game we we conceded some pretty high quality chances. Um, and Carius denied them all. Yeah. Um, I think that showed exactly where we need our keeper involved, and and why teams like United um, are where they are in the table is is because you know their fax machine was broken two years ago, um, and they and they couldn't sell De Gea to to Madrid. I I think legitimately you need. In those in those couple of tough games, that's the difference between you know drawing or and, and winning or you know even even losing potentially, um, where your keeper has to pull out you know one or two top top saves from big chances because um, it you're not going to go everywhere and, and boss everybody and, and keep them to you know you know zero shots uh, <laughs> as <laughs> Liverpool have been able to do a couple of times this season, but you're you're gonna face some shots on goal and you and you have to stop them and that's that's the difference between you know the title winners and the and the cup winners and and those runners up and i and i think that's where carry has showed in in this game against southampton is that he can be that guy who stands up to those you know couple of big chances and keeps us you know in the lead mm-hmm. um so i i really do think that Carius may have turned a corner. I'm not saying that it's necessarily, you know, okay, abandon any any goalkeeper targets. We've got our number one for the next <laughs> ten years, but Carius uh, uh, definitely showed signs of being that top top keeper that I think we kind of expect him to grow uh, into being. So definitely some promising signs signs at the back for for Liverpool um, as we head forward with whatever center back pairing and, and then carry is most likely in goal uh, for, for most of our games this season. But um, just to close out. So we've got, we're looking ahead to West Ham um, next weekend. What, 
you know, we've we've talked in depth now about all phases of the game for Liverpool, but but what do we expect to see? Uh, this will be a, a home game against West Ham. Um, what are what are we expecting? I'll uh, I'll let Pat start off. Home against West Ham. I'm, well, it's got to be a, a genie goal then. I think he's due. Picked up what? Picked up an assist against against Porto. So I think you know if we're at home, friendly confines for genie are always nice. Um, but no, I think we've got between West Ham home. I mean, you know it. It should be a win, but with with Liverpool this season, you know it's it's never that easy at home against uh, lesser teams. But no, just really a couple key matches aside from the Champions League. I think we really did ourselves a favor because I I can't remember if it's before or after the United game, um, but either way, it's I, I think it's maybe three days before our trip to Old Trafford. So being able to field and rest some of our key players so that they're ready to go against United. I think, I think that's huge. Um, but no, for West Ham, I'll, I, uh, wait, can I give a shout out for our, our two nil, our two nil victory. Oh yeah. Absolutely. First one, first one of the season. So I'm going to say, <laughs> we're going to keep that going and uh, I'll go genie. And of course it, it, it wouldn't be a match without a Mo Salah goal. So yeah, more, more of the same. All right. Stan, what do you think about West Ham at home? So I've been looking at their numbers a little bit uh, before we uh, jumped on tonight. Uh, and, you know, looking at their form, their last five, you know, lose 4-1 away. Uh, I'm sorry, win 4-1 away to Huddersfield. Then you draw 1-1 to Brighton. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, Bournemouth. Draw 1-1 to Bournemouth. Yep. 1-1 draw to Palace. You're home that match. You lose 1-3 away to Brighton, which uh, I I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you, if you're supposedly <laughs> a big club and then you win your London Derby, um, two nil home to, uh, home to Watford. So yeah. again, a typical David Moyes club, right? Uh, just very inconsistent and you don't know what you're going to get week to week. Um, Arnautovic is deadly or he can be the worst player on your side. It just <laughs> really depends week to week. It's so frustrating to watch him. Um, uh, Antonio is a workhorse for them. Zabaleta, I don't know if he's on PEDs, blood building, or what, but he's been, <laughs> he's been a boss since I was in college. And yeah. that, my friends, is a long time ago. So Absolutely. I won't, I, I think I already conveyed my age. So whatever. It's, he's, been, he's been a top flight footballer for a very long time. So they have decent pieces. Um, it just really comes down to the day for them, how, whether or not, if Arnavovic feels like, digging in and get being involved and being that dynamic creator where he can cut him from the wing, almost like an iron Robin type, then great. You know, then Wes Hamill will, will give you a run for your money. If he decides not to show up, they, uh, as aside from Lanzini, they really don't have too many creators. They actually only have 1.04 cr- uh, chances created per match. Whereas we're amongst the league leaders with double, um, literally a whole chance more with 2.04. <laughs> so, um, you have to be able to create chances, be able to convert them. And West Ham just, you know, it's just, it's tough to call. I, I couldn't tell you if it's going to be one, one, three, no, um, we should come away with a victory at home, you know? So we haven't lost at home yet this year. So, uh, aside from, uh, right. We haven't lost at home yet this year, right. As far as in league play goes. So not in the league, not in the league. Not in the league. Um, so 
you know, uh, as long as John Moss isn't refereeing any uh, officiating <laughs> any matches, we should be fine. I swear to God, if I fucking see him with the whistle <laughs> on any touchline at Anfield or anywhere else that we're playing, I'm I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to go chop down trees or something. Yeah. I'd have to do something. <laughs> yeah, he's a, take, he's a rat. He's a rat. Or I, tackle I, another parked car. I tackle another parked car. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I will, the other I'll do it. Yeah, the other shoulder. That's totally fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as long as John Moss is on the pitch, we should be okay. I, I think the feeling I get playing a David Moyes team is the opposite of what I get playing an Alan Pardew team. And, and that's <laughs> – I'm incredibly pessimistic if we're playing Pardew. He just has some kind of voodoo over Liverpool, but – when we're playing Moyes, I just, I don't know, I'm filled with confidence. I, I just, I, I feel like at any, you know, at any point we can get a result uh, off Moyes. And I would love to see a, uh, a another South American forward diving in front of Moyes. That would just be <laughs> the icing on the cake. I'd love to see Bobby, Bobby score and run straight over there. For no other reason, and then Mane just and then Mane mimic him and and do the same thing, right? As, exactly as as he's been doing. Yeah, no, I'd love to see some karate kicks. Um, I think uh, I I think in the end it is I think it is going to be a win. Um, I don't I don't really see anything in our recent form plus the fact that you know even though we played midweek we got you know almost two weeks they took a took a nice little vacation, nice vacation. in Spain. Um, so a, a nice extended break for the squad, which Klopp has shown uh, when the team's playing on full rest. There's uh, there's little to do to stop them. Um, so I really do think I really do think they come away with a, a comfortable win. And this this part of the fixture list has become kind to us only because we are uh, you know out of the other cups, which is disappointing in one sense. But we're in mm-hmm. the we're in the two that matter, which is the champions league yeah. and qualification for next year's champions league. Uh, so I, I think signs are promising, uh, as we head in, but obviously they'll have to avoid a, uh, mental slip, um, <laughs> here. Don't say slip before the end. Yeah, of the I, was gonna I know say, it, it hurt a little word. bit <laughs> like, as it came word. out. Really um, so, so as we, as we close up here, um, Stan, I wanted to, I wanted to talk cause we're, we're both, uh, advocates i think um and and in your case you're you're kind of in the in the burgeoning uh stages of your of your u.s soccer and uh advocacy for for a new system or a, a different system than what we have here currently um but uh but rather than focus on the negativity of of all this election nonsense and the fact that we're all disappointed that eric winalda is not the uh, president of U.S. Soccer at the moment. Um, I wanted to focus instead on on some of the positive things happening um, in U.S. Soccer, especially at the lower leagues, and uh, in particular your your local club or or more local club, Atlantic City FC, out there in Jersey, uh, playing in the NPSL. They've they've started strong, and I just wanted to get some of your some of your thoughts uh, as they head into their inaugural season. And what it, what it kind of means for for lower league soccer across the U.S. It's um, shout out uh, first of all. Uh, just want to shout out the boys down at uh, Alanxi FC at Alanxi FC at Join the Revenge or the Atlantic Revenge. Uh, the the Atlantic Revenge is the supporters group of Atlantic City uh, FC. 
hashtag aces up. Um, yeah, I just want to get that out of the way. Um, uh, <laughs> All good. Uh, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about Atlantic CFC is that they already have the biggest social media following out of all the clubs in MPSL. I'm not sure how the hell that happened, but that's fairly impressive when you consider the amount of clubs, the amount of areas that the MPSL covers. Um, when we talk about the MPSL, we are, we are obviously referring to non-league America status, which is, uh, not top flight football. Uh, here in the U.S., yep. um, it is extremely important to support these clubs uh, because of, especially with the NAS, NASL folding, mm-hmm. uh, all of these players now need new homes. Now, the great thing is there there are a, no, a number of expansion teams starting up this year. Um, also, uh, just uh, want to say hi to Motorik Alexandria FC. Hey guys, oh at yeah, Motorik Alexandria FC. They're yeah. good. They're Kent, uh, Kent really over it at Motorik is uh, just uh, one of those grinders at the the non league level. Definitely, definitely. Uh, they're really good about supporting the movement as well. Um, it's just really important for if you love U.S. soccer as you and I do, Phil, um, then it's imperative that you support your local clubs. Uh, the LOS has more than enough support and they have more than enough funding. It's really imperative that you get out and you support your local clubs. If you say, how can I find a club? Jump on Twitter. That's how I found one. I was dying to find one. And um, I, you know, like I, my ID says Philadelphia, whatever, split time in Morristown and Atlantic City FC is, you know, miles away from where I currently am right now. So if it means that much to you, you'll find a way. Um, as far as what Atlantic City FC are doing, they're training uh, players at the Tropicana complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get too much of a chance to check them out down there. I haven't uh, been able to get down to them yet because my schedule is all over the place, as you guys already know. But uh, um, the uh, imper- important thing is with the NASL folding that they've been actually uh, training players throughout the winter and spring there. Um, so they've been just doing a cr- an incredible job of uh, being a, a refuge for uh, players who lost their mm-hmm. clubs. Uh, it was a really sad story to hear about the San Francisco Dons winning their league. And then you don't have a club next day. Like, mm-hmm. but you, when does that even happen? You know, yeah. and <laughs> I, as far as the lower leagues are concerned, again, it comes down to the fans. It really comes down to the fans. If you come out and show support, you know, it's, it's, it will pay off. It will, the club will grow. If you build it, they'll come. So, yeah, uh, really proud of all the work that the guys are doing down there at ACFC, playing games at Stockton University. If you guys are in the tri-state area, uh, give me a shout at Stanway 87. I'll link you guys up with them or just go to uh, AtlanticCityFC.com. Tickets are on sale now. Damn, that was like... Are are they are they paying you for marketing? Yeah, you getting the cut of that? Those oh, that, was that, was nice, that was a nice pitch. pitch. That was great. No, I website like, right now. Look, don't, 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 <laughs> no, don't talk uh, to my girlfriend. Uh, She's, she wants me to. She wants the. She wants me to harass them into getting me a job. So yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, I, uh, I I'm with you 100, percent Stan. I think I think it's I think it's about the idea that uh, it's it's a distinctly un-American idea because we have this kind of mentality built into our sports here. But it's the idea that that just because it's not top tier doesn't mean that it can't be a 
you know, top tier experience for you. So that's, that's kind of my, like my whole approach to this is, yeah, I may not be watching, you know, the, the top players of the top league. Um, and I think, I think Pat, you can, you can kind of back me up on, uh, just in terms of entertainment value provided. And yeah, we were watching a minor league baseball team down in El Paso, the Chihuahuas. And I mean, that's, that's some of the, some of the most fun I've had at, at sporting events. Um, Oh yeah. You know, even for, uh, FC Tucson too, my, yeah, my lower league, my lower league club. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, include me when, whenever we're talking lower leagues, right? Cause you know, I'm a big advocate now, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it's just, it's just fun. And my take on it is, just like Sans said, you've got MLS with a, a ton of money and a ton of like just you know supporters that whatever, no negativity. But for the local local clubs, smaller clubs like that, um, I really enjoyed the FC Tucson match. One because you know they had like uh, EG's little Southwest fast food chain Tucson. Uh, they got EG's there. They've got like fireworks, so it's a good show. Um, but the quality of football that, that was on display was really good. Like I was impressed. Um, and I think that's just good for the country as a whole, right? I mean, you could be, you don't have to be anti MLS, but just support, if you can get out there and support, if you're passionate about the U S men's and women's national teams, then get out and support these smaller clubs because that's, that's how, you know, the, the world-class players of the world get started at these smaller league clubs and then are able to make the jump to greater things. But no, it's, it's just a ton of fun and it's good. It's good for the sport. Yeah. That's what, I mean, it's about at, at some level, it's about providing opportunities and that, and that's, what's so cool about some of these local teams is it just gives players who, you know, otherwise wouldn't have a chance. It, it gives them a chance to, to showcase what they've got. And so we, we've got a local club starting up down here. Um, round rock sc they're going to be in the upsl which it, you know in the ever expanding uh acronym soup that is uh lower league american soccer um the upsl has been expanding at a at a pretty pretty big rate and they're, they're doing some cool things with some with with promotion and relegation uh out in some of their conferences they have a shitload of teams out in California, uh, a bunch in Colorado, but they're they're kind of just starting up here in Texas. And I actually watched a uh, friendly between Round Rock SC, which is a, a team that's been training together for a handful of weeks now, and uh, and Central Texas Lobos, which is a, a big uh, a big club set up um, with a first team. They play in actually the Gulf Coast Premier League, um, <laughs> the first Texas team. This is their first season playing in that league, but. The bottom line is I, I saw Round Rock SC score a counterattacking goal that would have made any professional team stop and, and, and take notice. Uh, yeah. Just it, absolutely fantastic goal. And it was actually finished off by their left back. Uh, I mean, Pep Guardiola would have been out of his chair <laughs> watching this. So I, I, I think that's what people don't notice is, is just because it's not you know D1 or whatever, we have this kind of program thought of if it's minor league, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just, you know, if yeah. it's minor league, it's something to do versus, hey, like if it's local, it's something that I can get behind and, and, and pay attention to. And I think that's where the difference is, is, you know, if you can support your local club, um, one, it, it feels a little bit, I don't know, like it matters more because um, 
I know like for me personally being down here in Texas, I'm in the Austin area, which, you know, I'm not going to even touch the whole Austin (laughs) crew thing, (laughs) but I'm, you know, hours away, I'm hours away from Dallas. I'm hours away from Houston. Um, even San Antonio in the, in the USL, I'm hours away from, but round rock is, is right down the road. And, and that's, you know, that's something that I can go to every week. That's something that I can be involved in. And I, I think that Stan, like you were talking about, it's, it's something that's close to you. It's something that, that matters. And it's something that can, that can be, um, that you can be involved with, without a huge, you know, I'm driving two hours cause I got season tickets to X, Y, or Z it's you can, it can be something in your own community. And that, and that's, that's kind of the, I think the message now is just support the people who are doing, doing good things in, in and around your area. I, it's a, it's a poor, uh, on my part, it's a poor, uh, matchup when I try to say like drink local, but it's the same thing. You know, if you want to drink local, support your local club, it's, yeah. it's not hard guys. So, you know, I'm actually going out of my way to support these guys, but, um, if you feel it in your heart, if you feel the passion, um, buy in, go all in, you know, if you love the game, um, then, then just, just, just find a club guy, just find a club. Um, I will, uh, really quick, uh, October 10th was a really bad night for everybody. If you love us soccer, I've been a fan since I was four. Um, it was a tough night, but you know, in the, in conversations with, multiple people with you guys, both with everyone, you know, uh, with all, everyone involved in U.S. soccer, uh, it was just, you know, Hey, you know, what's next. And you know, what I kept getting was just find a local club, support the hell out of them, you know, and make sure let's as a unit, let's try to make sure as a community that we can build U.S. soccer to the level that we wish to see it. And, you know, without getting into the politics of everything, um, I think that's really crucial. So that's going to be the message that I try to pitch forward, you know, su- support them, support. Well, that's the message that, yeah, that's a fantastic way. To, I, I couldn't have asked for a better way to, to tie things up, Stan. So you've basically done my job as, as host for me. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I think, uh, I think I, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, I mean, with that, uh, Stan, thanks so much for, for giving us your time and, and coming on. It's been a pleasure having you on. Um, yeah, gentlemen, I hope I can do this again sometime soon. It's been great. It's oh, been a blast. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. the time, guys. Pleasure's yeah, all ours. And, uh, and Pat, as always, it's, it's been fun. Um, but uh, I think with that, um, we didn't really talk outro music. You got anything on the uh, the old tape deck over there? I mean, I got I got plenty, but it's just a, <laughs> just a question of you know what what direction we go. Um, I mean, because I've you're got always, you're always safe when you stick with Kanye. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. I mean, that's what about uh, anything from Lobster Throne? If you got that on the hopper, <sighs> well. <laughs> do I go with a certain track from Watch the Throne in honor of France's uh, France's do it. Uh, do it. wardrobe do it. malfunction it. at the Olympics last night? Ooh, I, I say do it. <laughs> I, I, it's risque, but just do it. I've been I've been in Mexico. I haven't watched the Olympics. I haven't. <laughs> Mexico's not devoting yeah. everything they have to the Winter Olympics. I haven't heard a peep out of anybody. 
<laughs> I can't, and my girlfriend doesn't let let us display uh, Ill- illegal streams, um, as we're so common with his football fans mm. on her computer. So, no, no Olympics. This is a uh, this is a dual shout out because it has samples from a figure skating movie, and <laughs> it's Paris. It definitely does. So I ball so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. The first niggas gotta find me. What's for the grand to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Ball so hard, this shit crazy. Y'all don't know that don't shit face. And that's we go. Oh for 82 when I look at you like this shit crazy. Ball so hard, this shit weird. We ain't even pope be here. Ball so hard since we here. It's only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm libo, the go Michael. Take your pick, Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. Game six, ball so hard, got a broke clock. Rollies that don't tick tock. All the Mars that's losing time. Hitting behind all these big rocks. Ball so hard, I'm shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I escape. You be in Paris getting fucked up too. Ball so hard, let's keep I forgot to mention it uh, earlier on the pod. But did you see my tweet to Eric Winalda the other day? I did. It, it included Wait. a Seinfeld reference. Oh, I did. What, uh, wait, what did you say? So, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but his tweets lately have been just increasingly more and more impressive. Like, after the election, and they lost. And so, I was like, it's, it's Seinfeld from uh, <laughs> when George tells him to stop being funny. <laughs> Like half a no such thing. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I'm concerned for him. It's, it's just, like every year I, you I get would, older. Yeah. It's just a reminder of uh, <laughs> another year gone by that we haven't grown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. No such thing. Uh, no, it, it, he has. He's, he's been a little defeatist recently. <laughs> um, but no, uh, guys, it's been it's been a blast, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll all talk soon. Yeah, you guys, take it easy. Enjoy New York. Yeah, thanks, guys. See ya. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means. Knows what that means. But it's provocative. No, it's not. It's people going. the throne don't let me get in my zone don't let me get in my zone don't let me get in my zone these other niggas is lying acting like the summer ain't mine i got that hot bitch in my home you know how many hot bitches i own don't let me get in my zone 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 the stars is in the building they hands to the ceiling i know i'm about to kill it how you
All right, so like you said, uh, just not blowing it again. That <laughs> uh, that had, had become <laughs> kind of too too big of a narrative in this season of of blowing those those leads. Um, everyone is eager to look back at Sevilla and and Arsenal and point to mm-hmm. that that fragility. Um, I think in this particular game, everyone will point to, oh, it was just a, a you know a matter of, of Liverpool surviving that late pressure from City. But I think it goes a little beyond that in the in the fact that the Manchester City of a couple of years ago, like you said, we made them we made the city team look like the you know above average sides that we've yeah. that we've played from city in the past and and we've gotten the better of more often than not um and there's been some absolute drubbings in there like we've kicked the <laughs> shit out of the city team a, a couple of times the difference this year to me was what made it 4-3 because i think the city teams of the past it ends for it ends 4-1 and no one they don't even, you know, they just kind of trudge off, trudge off the field, and and you know, hey, we'll get them next time. Yeah, that's a good point. This city team is is for all of the people who who want to say um, they don't want to give credit to Pep, they don't want to give credit to you know some of the players in the city side. Um, there are plenty of people in in Liverpool camps who um, who are you know fit that description, but. The bottom line is this city team is very different, and there's a reason that they're this far ahead yeah. uh, in the Premier League right now. Whether we want to give them credit or not, uh, they they're <laughs> they're going to be champions. Um, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, but we made the champions look very average, and the unbeaten champions at that up to this point look very average for about almost eighty minutes. Yeah. Um and and that's that's where the the accomplishment is and I and I think too it's important to just think ahead to you know if this team if we can retain the major pieces of this team and and add a couple of a couple of big pieces in the in the summer next season is a going to be a wild ride um cuz you're going to have two just absolutely incredible squads uh, between City and you know Pep City and and Klopp's Liverpool, it's yeah. going to be kind of I think it, you know at least in my mind a lot like the later days the of Dortmund. Klopp's time at, at Dortmund versus Dortmund Bayern, Bayern, where it's you know it's it's a team with maybe a little less resources but a charismatic manager and and lots of talent um, against against all of the resources the behemoth yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the world and and uh, I mean. I, I just think that that we're in for a, a f- quite a few years of, of prosperity here at at Liverpool under Klopp, and it this match just gave me that hope of all right. These are the two best teams, you know. Yeah. Even even United, who is second right now, somehow. Um, De Gea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. United uh, did not go toe to toe with City the way that the way that Liverpool did. Um, and well, that's why this, the matchup between these two managers, is because they both have a style that when they're when they're playing their games, it it just makes for uh, you know they always say like for the neutral watching, 
like for United, United is a hell of a team, right? As much as we hate to admit it, but that's Mourinho's style where he is going to make excuses. He's going to spend 300 million pounds and say that he needs more money, right? But <laughs> Pep's going to spend that. But he, I mean, you, you don't hear the excuses out of Pep. He's very right. straightforward. And, and Klopp's got his own style too, where it's just tells it like it is. It's balls to the wall. And so when it's just a good it, it it's a good matchup for the Premier League to have because in I think at its best the Premier League is gonna be with City and Liverpool with these two managers, is 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 gonna start changing the narrative about who you know, what are the top leagues in the world? Is it, you know, La Liga, Bundesliga, um those because, you know, they've got they're not. They've just got the two top teams. So if you can right. have two teams that style-wise and also performance-wise in terms of what they can do in in Europe as well, I think, because I think both of these two teams are, are built very well for that. So mm-hmm. hopefully they don't both crash out <laughs> here in the round of 16. <laughs> yeah, no but, but, I mean, it's just – it's such positive football. Guardiola has just set the tone within the past, what, you know, decade or more. And there are elements of both found in the in, in the way that they set up. So it's good for us. It's definitely good for Liverpool because I think whenever somebody tries to come at us, we we usually end up on top. So uh, yeah. no, I'm I'm happy with it. And you know, <laughs> the performance. It, it, I don't it, it, I don't know if it's season changing because we've been on a hell of a run. But yeah. that's that's a narrative that keeps going that we didn't miss Coutinho. That'll pop up if we struggle against lesser sides, but. It's it's just a super super positive day uh, for us in terms of the result. Yeah. So speaking of you, you added it to our to our notes here, but the the big piece, obviously, that that Liverpool are going to be missing next season and are missing already due to his move to Barcelona is Phil. Um, are we uh, are we already with this performance kind of moving past? Uh, have we gotten over him fairly quickly? <laughs> well, it's good because there's no, if we would have struggled at all, that would probably be the only thing that we're, we're hearing about right now is, you know, what, what does this Liverpool team look like in the future? But Ox stepped up and he played that role that he was direct. The, the through ball that he provided, I kind of joked about, um, when we were playing FIFA and I think you're streaming it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I made some ridiculous comment that Ox kind of reminded me of, uh, De Bruyne a little bit. Um, and I immediately said it was ridiculous, but I don't know the way he played yesterday. I mean, he outplayed De Bruyne in the midfield yeah. for, for Liverpool. So if it's just a question mark of, is he going to have that consistency? We still have to address the depth that we no longer have. Lana is not is not the depth option for maybe for midfield. I think he was used exactly how he needs to be used, but we still need some more depth out wide because we see how important both Mane and Salah are. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think it. But you've got 140 million to play with, so depth <laughs> depth shouldn't be an issue. Right. Yeah, and uh, and obviously with that with that money comes a lot of rumors. Um, and and the last thing I think I want to close with is with it being January and with it being just silly season at, at its absolute <laughs> absolute peak right now, I want to just address a few a few of the rumors um that have hit LFC Twitter slash, you know, 
LFC uh, fandom uh, recently. And uh, so the first and, and most prominent, and you said something about it earlier in the show, but but Keita, Keita joining in January. It was the, yeah. the in the nose said it was it was on for sure. Uh, RB Leipzig comes out a couple days ago and, and squashes the rumors, says, no, he's he's going to be a Leipzig player until the summer. So is that grandstanding by by Leipzig or is that a. Uh, is is that a, a firm a firm answer and we'll see we'll see uh Nobby in, in the summer in his uh stylish velvet hats. You know me, if if everybody's going one way, I'm gonna go the immediately opposite <laughs> way. So whenever it all is coming out like it's done deal, it's done deal. Um I was like, no, this didn't happen. Especially the the guy that I met at Doghouse, we were both we both had tweeted the same thing around the same time is that there's no way a deal is in place if that that kaita makes the starting 11 if there's a deal yeah, in place but the fact that they were so adamant about it can only lead me to believe that now it's only a matter of time before <laughs> kaita's <laughs> i wouldn't pay it rumored like closer to what like 80 90 for what a handful of games premier league maybe fa cup games left it's just not worth it and you can spend you could spend that on another world class player yeah. and then still get kaita in in the next season too so i wouldn't knowing the way that it played out in the summer i wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in liverpool come january (laughs) uh yeah i just uh i i definitely found it found it a little odd that if he's going to be playing against schalke in january for for leipzig he's now you know he's played in the second half of the season he's clearly still a big part of of their plans it's just a matter of whether that whether that board has the resilience to withstand whatever offer mm-hmm. Liverpool has and, and do they see him as, you know, completely indispensable for the remainder of the season? Um, I think the thing that makes it very difficult and, and this is for all these targets that have been, that have been shown for all the big clubs in England for January. I, I definitely see struggles in each of these foreign clubs uh, in terms of, the ideal is obviously you have to make the Champions League. You know, for a, a club that's in the Champions League, you have to continue to make the yeah. Champions League to to make real progress. And Leipzig are are kind of right on the edge right now. Um, so, They're all in there. The Bundesliga is what their first nine or ten is. Yeah, it's even more crowded than the Premier League. It's very competitive, and the European places I I'd say are more competitive than the Premier League in terms of uh, you almost have the top you know, eight kind of all in the, in the running for, for champions league spots. Um, whereas the premier yeah. league is very much a top six and then the remainder are just trying not to get relegated uh, essentially. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so it's, uh, I, I would be very surprised if Leipzig, uh, sell Keita for anything that that's not, you know, like they, you know, Ralph Rangick came out and said it would be exorbitant, um, yeah, for him to which makes sense. And, which makes sense. For yeah, him. yeah, and and uh, I I think watching them play the other day, um, he's not indispensable in terms of the way they play because they have the Timo Werners and some other big big talents. Um, but you know, how long can they hold on to them before Bayern and and other uh, big clubs around Europe come knocking for for? Uh, 
you know, the next level of player kind of beneath Keita in my mind. But, yeah. but uh, you know, Timo Werner is like one of the top strikers in, for the German national team now. And, and so there's going to be other clubs that come knocking for those those big, big talents they have. And, uh, you know, that that resistance is going to have to hold for a lot more players than Keita. So, I, I mean, it's possible, certainly, um, that he moves. But I, I'd say it's less than 50% um, at this point. Uh, so you, I I, you I don't, don't think it's that likely. Okay, okay. No, I, I, I mean, mine is just based on absolutely nothing. But <laughs> even less likely were the two. Yeah, I don't know where the mystery man rumor <laughs> came from, but is now fueling absolutely ridiculous, just, ridiculous just statements. Number one, horseshit out of out of <laughs> out of Liverpool Twitter. Only I think it's it's like Dan Linden or something is uh, like a graphic designer who does a lot of artwork. Yeah, uh, posted on LSE Twitter, amazing stuff. But he was joking and he said, you know, it's gonna be, it's got to be Royce, right? <laughs> I couldn't believe nobody else said anything. Would that yeah. not be the perfect mystery man that that we haven't been in for? But then yeah. what? Then uh, Griezmann right. had some absurd link to Liverpool, which even Liverpool Twitter. <sighs> didn't even get on board with they yeah, immediately that's... shot that one down and then i think within the past day or so yeah ozil now Earth. <laughs> the most opposite clock player you could ever see yeah is, is now the the mystery man so i i've got a solid 0.0 percent of either of those happening yeah i just some of the some of these rumors coming out of coming out of lc twitter are just absolute just <laughs> nonsense now it, but i don't normally you can at least track the origin right. of like a, a fake itk or or somebody somebody saying something yeah. with the mystery man with with and everybody else that's been linked i have no idea where any of these are coming from like i can't yeah. i can't find patient zero i can't <laughs> you know i can't find find the source yeah so i mean i don't know what normally I, sometimes where there's smoke where there's fire but right it, it, I think it's more of like a smoke machine, like yeah. at a, I don't know, like a disco or something. So yeah. who, who knows, but I'm well, calling bullshit on, on all those. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, I would say the, the Keita deal in January is more likely than, than some of these that the, the ITKs have. Cause the thing for me that, that just made me immediately, uh, you know, now I, until a, a verified journalist, it says something i'm not i'm not getting on board with anything yeah um, no i i agree there's there's been not, the the kato one's the only one where there seems to be some whispers of discussions right so that's why i i gave that one but aside from that i have lamar probably a little bit but maybe the price tag is too high but yeah i don't know there's got there's got to be somebody there has to be some additions because the squad is fine where it's at now, but we know like when we lost Mane before, we gotta have some some type of some type of cover in place um yeah. just to make sure that we can see the season out. Yeah, you gotta have the reinforcements and I and I think I think the Van Dyke deal is what is making is what is kind of fueling my uh cynicism towards anything that's actually been rumored. Because yeah. who saw the Van Dyke deal coming? Nobody. Yeah, it just popped up. Just all and of similar a sudden, to Kaita too. Whenever yeah, exactly Kaita, whenever they announced him, yeah, it was yeah. just you know we went into meltdown mode. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think I think it was something that uh, because Mares was somebody that we talked about in the last pod 
Um, and I, I kept seeing these stories that, you know, Liverpool officials had called Leicester and to tell them specifically that they weren't in for Mares, which to me almost signals more so that they are in for him because yeah, they just want sense. to avoid, they <laughs> want to avoid that, uh, that tapping up charge that they got or, you know, the, yeah. the threat of being charged with tapping up by, by Southampton. I think that's a brilliant tactic to to pull out um, now in terms of going public to the press with, oh, no, we're not interested in them. You know, we're not we're not making any overtures. And then, you know, the behind the scenes is is where the deal is actually getting done. And that's yeah. we've been so bad in the past. And, and the Sanchez deal comes to mind immediately. <laughs> We were so terrible about disguising our targets and, and, you know, every single target that we came out with, uh, Williams, another, another great example, yeah. Tottenham, Chelsea, just Tottenham and Chelsea would latch onto whichever Even Dortmund, target. Dortmund too, the yeah. center back, uh, oh, I don't Akanji, know how we the, the Basel center back, but yeah. he's, he's off to Dortmund. So yeah. the usual suspects are starting to crop back up. But yeah. I think Mares is Mares to me seems like the most realistic Right. given rumored prices of about 40 to 50 because yeah. we've got the cash. Not only does he make a, a direct impact to the team, hits the ground running on day one. Right. He's also somebody that it, it's not just like a, a quick fix, right? right? There's further now, but also long-term implementation, implementations, implications <laughs> and, and help and help that he could provide too. So I'm, yeah, I'm stuttering. So it's, and it's not even all the alcohol because, well, maybe it's the lingering alcohol. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I, I think the target. There are some realistic targets in there. We're not. I, I don't know that any business is going to end up getting done uh, in January. It is a tough window. There are teams that I'd say of all the teams we've been linked with, uh, doing business with, uh, especially now that that Arsenal sit outside the top four by some distance they're about eight point it's now eight points off of of liverpool and and chelsea um in third and fourth yeah uh and i don't see arsenal selling anybody else <laughs> on top of you know if sanchez is is truly gone um then i don't i don't see anybody else going to a direct rival because that's just admittance of of defeat just Nope, we're not making the Champions League this year. Time to time to ditch some contracts. Um, but uh, you know the the other teams that I've seen uh, with teams in for for Malcolm uh, from Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bordeaux. Uh, last time I checked, I don't know where they're sitting now, but last time I checked, they were only a point off of the relegation zone in in Liga <laughs> Un. So they're not really in a position to sell either. Um, I don't know their financial you know, the financials behind it, but they're definitely not in a position to get rid of one of their best players um, <laughs> when they're already struggling. Uh, and then Monaco definitely will will extort anyone who wants to go after Lamar because they are, you know, pushed for those Champions League places. And they, you know, yeah. PSG is going to run away with the title as as per usual mainly because Monaco loaned them their best player for the season <laughs> for no reason. Um, but uh, there, there's definite um, – it's definitely going to be a struggle for, for Monaco to maintain that Champions League place, which is so important. Um, so 
all of these teams I don't really see as as in a position to sell, except for Leicester. Um, Leicester's the only team that's kind yeah. of secure where they're at. Europa League doesn't help them all that much. I mean, they can if they make the Europa League, that's fine, but um, their push for trophies is going to come in the in the domestic cups and and that's kind of it they're not gonna they're not gonna challenge for champions league places they're not gonna they're not really in threat of getting relegated so to me the only team that can really afford and and even watching the way they played against chelsea last weekend um they're the only team that can really afford ditching a top talent for big big money yeah, they only they seem like the ones, the few that are in an actual position to sell. Yeah, based on their spot in the table, and it's kind of like Arsenal a little bit, yeah. where Mares is. I think he's gone about his business, but I, it doesn't seem to be any secret that he's wanted out of there for the past couple of windows or so. Yeah, and and I think it if you see, you could see that spot for Mares uh, against teams that that Liverpool are going to struggle to break down where. If you rather than doing the, you know, Ox, Genie, Chan midfield, if it was a uh, if we're going more adventurous and it's a Mares, Ox, Chan midfield. Um, yeah. In, in the situation where you need to go more attacking to break teams down, you can definitely see the the added value of a guy like Mares who can sit deep and really find that key pass to, yeah. to pick a defense apart. So. I think I think the value is there um, if it is Mares, and I think Leicester are of all the teams in a position to sell. But um, but January is such a strange window, uh, and we've seen value gotten from you know un, unforeseen places. Like when we bought Phil and Sturridge, I I yeah. definitely thought that those would be kind of gambles, and turns out you know both great buys. Although you know Sturridge's time at the club has been kind of weird for the last season or two, but. Um, but it's also a, a window where there's not really any obligation for any clubs to sell. They're not not put under a ton of pressure un, unless it's uh, you know a Brazilian midfielder who um, wants <laughs> to sure. almost go a to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it is. I, I I think it's been an interesting window so far already. Um, getting Van Dyke in was the biggest piece of business we could have done, and yeah, and um, anything. Anything beyond that, I I think now it is a bonus. Uh, but like you said, there there are some some reinforcements needed just for that depth to see out the rest of the season and just ensure that we end up in that Champions League place again. Yeah, hopefully we stay healthy though, because then <laughs> no matter what decision, whether it's Klops or FSG, then you know if we've got a healthy squad like we showed yesterday, you know we can't just don't just compete with anybody, but you know we're we're up there with the best so yeah let's let's hope long may it continue yeah and the uh and the forwards going at the rate that they're going i think it's interesting with uh everyone had said that you know we haven't had a forward like sala or like you know like sala since since suarez was at the club but we also have another <laughs> we have firmino at the same time having a suarez-esque season as well so that really the the two of them combined uh and then Mane chipping in with assists and goals as well um we're we're reaching that point of of a prolific attack on par with with some of the best in in recent memory um so i think uh like you said as long as they can stay healthy um 
This is this is a team that can do a lot of damage down the stretch, and they've played the toughest part of their schedule already. So, yeah, um, I, I'm sure we're in for a couple of surprises as the as the season goes on. Um, but the way that this team's playing right now, um, I, I back them to to see it out and and grab that Champions League spot. And and what a what a statement win it was uh, this weekend against a team that hadn't lost in the premier league till now. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it, it, it gives, you know, I mean, what is it up to 18? Is it 18? Yeah. Unbeaten 18 now. So unbeaten. I mean that <laughs> I, we, we need a streak like that because this is a team that, you know, we're, we're not going to have any delusions about where we, where we're going to end up in the, uh, or whether or not we're going to win the premier league. Cause city's, you know, home and hose for that one. But yeah, Second, very realistic Champions League. You know, sky's the limit for this team too. And yesterday, yesterday really showed us that too. So you know, as always, I, I was jacked to the tits, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we get back to our smashing ways. Uh, what a week here against is it Swansea? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of a break for the squad, which will be which will be well well deserved, and and kind of back to normal in terms of five five to seven days between games um yeah you know until the champions league starts back up but uh but a little bit of a a lesser a less intense uh period for the squad and and a time where i think we've seen Klopp teams dominate uh when they have a full week's rest and uh so hopefully we'll come out and swansea will be will be sick of the sight of us having just gotten their <laughs> ass kicked a couple of weeks ago um, I think uh, I think they're going to get another drubbing, and they're just going to, um, yeah, they're going to be sick of the sight of of some of those. <laughs> It'd be like a Suarez Norwich, hopefully that yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with any where luck. we just torment them too. So no, plenty of rest up the Reds, looking good. Yeah, yeah, we've got a. Uh, I think we've got the Reds living the the good life. It wouldn't be a two reg Ringo episode without without Kanye, so No, you can't. <laughs> it's there's gotta be some Chicago connection yep. during an episode, but right now the Reds are living the good life. The Gringos are living the good life. It's been a good episode and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Check us out two redgringos.com at two red gringos. Check us out on Instagram. You can you can pretty much find us find us everywhere, and it's all for free because the best things in life are free, as Kanye said. So uh, with that, this has been Phil Baki and Patrick Staley. Adios, adios. To be cause I'm seasoned haters give me them salty looks. Lawrence 50 told me don't hear switch the style up and if they hate them, let them hate and watch the money pile up. It looks like I go for mine, I got to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I go for mine, I got bonus gringo time. Yeah, bonus gringo time. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I forgot to, about uh, that Cyprus. narrative of what Klopp's history. I was reading an article, I don't know if it was like the mirror or the echo. But it was the results post Klopp vacation trip with the team. So, and then I was thinking about Firmino's metal tie 
yeah. off in other foreign lands. No, that's it. Yeah. So the squad went to Dubai. He went to Cyprus, um, him and his wife. Um, and the, the thing that really blew my mind was that he didn't post anything about Phil's departure for like a week. Yeah. Um, and I even tweeted about it at the time, like noticeably absent Instagram post <laughs> from Firmino about, about <laughs> Coutinho leaving. Uh, it eventually did come through, but it, I, I don't think it was, uh, till after his vacation. Um, so it's kind of a oh, yeah. weird, almost like Bobby took like a retreat, you know, to kind of get his <laughs> thoughts together. <laughs> I think all, all Bobby needs is just him and his wife cruising around in ridiculous outfits and yeah yeah i don't don't think he'll be too beat up about it no i i think uh obviously it probably took a little bit of time and uh, i mean it's uh it's it's definitely a weird profession in terms of you know the amount of transience of your of your friends it's i mean it is kind of like (laughs) i mean it's kind of like the army in a weird way, like you move, you move around, you know, every few years, uh, every, every few years. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, definitely weird and definitely something he'll have to get used to. But I think, um, I don't know. I think, I think he's got the resilience to kind of get some Drake in here as well. <laughs> we didn't play a four, four, two, but four, four, two, <laughs> two. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I, I I think he'll be fine and, and with uh Nabi Keita being being spotted in oh, yeah, we that outfit. Bring it up. <laughs> I mean this is all this is all bonus bonus features, but no uh Nabi Nabi and Bobby. Is that gonna be oh, a uh... <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's a nickname I can get on board with. Nabi had, and Bobby. I, what, once you posted that, I had a definite rush hour two vibe with Jeremy <laughs> Piven. Yeah, I saw that Crackskin, uh <laughs> No, that'll be. Uh, I I don't know. I think just the because because now watching Nobby play for for uh, Leipzig, it, there's there's a definite personality personality there, and and I just yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of important um, for for the squad to have those kind of characters because uh, how long was how long was it just so I don't know. The team seems so stale. Like in turn, and like just lacking the because yeah. Gerard obviously was the leader for the longest time, but um, but there were there was just such a lack of like flair about the team, yeah. Um, and now just between Bobby and and uh, there, there's just so much like there's the creativity on on the pitch, but it's just I don't know. I think it's kind of important to have that kind of personality. Um, off it as well and just everybody I don't know everybody's enjoying their enjoying their time at the club and uh, I just I can't wait for uh, I can't wait for for some players who you know may have moved on from the team to just regret their decision as Liverpool goes on to to conquer the world and uh, you know some small clubs from uh, Catalonia are relegated to the the annals of history. I wonder if Phil was was watching as closely for the City game as he was for the uh, derby against Everton, two inches from the screen. Yeah, two feet away with the chair pulled uncomfortably close, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, uh, I think our our squad is is set up to to do some damage. I, I don't, you know, obviously this season the 
our best shot is, is the FA Cup probably. Um, although I won't I won't put a, a deep Champions League run against us because probably the best team in Europe we just beat. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Han- handled for yeah. eighty minutes. Yeah, just handled them. So and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes and yeah. against some of the lesser opposition and especially against. Porto, Porto's top of the Portuguese league, right? Yeah, I mean, but the Portuguese league, like, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> they're they're beating some farmers, you know, they, week in a week. <laughs> there had to be the farmers reference. If we talked about PSG Monaco <laughs> and the, the French standings and didn't mention farmers. Yeah, then. just absolute farmers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've got, we've got some good weeks ahead of us. But um, so next... Uh, I'm trying to think, like, next episode, probably shoot for for a post. Uh, I mean, we could do a Swansea build-up. I'm kind of thinking I almost want to do, like, a like a non... <laughs> I want to do an episode where we literally only talk about the, like, stuff off the field. Like, we only talk about Bobby's <laughs> outfits. I or, like that could be good between... If we do one between, like... Swansea and West Brom. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big gap right there, and then it starts to heat up a little bit. So, yeah, right. yeah we can we'll definitely see. target that. Yeah, I don't know. I think right, that would cool. be entertaining. But Yeah, we'll put together a doc. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> All right, man, I'll see you. All right, see you, dude. She more like evil when I'm looking in the mirror. In the mirror. How flies this Negro? She on Hollywood and Vine. Thinking that she Hollywood on Vine. Making movies with her friends all the time. Showing off her ass as a network. Twerk. But I saw through it like I wore shirts. Dry slow because your mic swerve off it. Still eating the hate so saucy. Switch rooms in my roommate's coffee and got more likes than a white girl talking. More hits than a white girl.